Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. Stand up for your country. We have an excellent guest tonight, somebody who testified before the January 6th House panel, which, of course, wants to take President Trump off the board for running again in 2024. So we'll get an inside view of that, and I think you'll find it engaging. Uh, That's coming up. Now, President Biden today uh, spent the day on COVID. Um, I don't want to be cynical here. It's not right to do that. But at this point, whatever Mr. Biden says really doesn't matter, does it? Whatever Anthony Fauci says doesn't matter. So we got to slug our way through this disease. Uh, Yesterday, a million cases in America, a million, 95% of them Omicron. Last year, January 3rd, 2021, 200,000 cases. So this is five times as many this year, year to year. Isn't that interesting? However, deaths are fewer. And in South Africa, as we reported yesterday, um, the evidence, which is what I go on, is that this Omicron is not as dangerous. And it dies out fast. It's almost all over in South Africa. And it started there. So I'm cautiously optimistic that in February, the COVID thing will subside. Not completely. It'll always be around. But the hysteria that is in play now, driven by the media, and it is hysteria, that is going to collapse. So hang tough and be careful. If you are in a crowd without a mask, you'll probably get it. Now, I don't know how much the mask protects you. I'm not going to get into it. I don't know. Nobody knows. I wore a mask today. I had to go into a pharmacy to do something. Pharmacy says you got to wear a mask. I wore the mask. Did it protect me? I don't know. Biden doesn't know. And therefore, anything the president says doesn't really matter, does it? Okay. Now, yesterday there was analysis on Jill Biden and how much control she has of her husband, the president. Got a lot of reaction. If you did not see it, You can see it if you are a premium or concierge member on BillOReilly.com. It's an important commentary. No one else had it in the country. That's why you're watching tonight. That's why you're premium members. But it is important that you know what is happening inside the White House. Now, the biggest story of the week by far is Donald Trump's press conference on January 6th. As I said yesterday, this is a trap. All right. The media is salivating. They can't wait to get down to Mar-a-Lago to bait him, Donald Trump, into saying something that either justifies the January 6th riot, diminishes it, or leads him back to relitigate the 2020 election. That's what the media wants. If they get it, and they probably will, they'll blow Joe Biden off the radar scope for a month. This is a lifeline 
to President Biden, who is faltering big time. So Donald Trump, and I think he's got to know it, if he gets into justifying the riot last January 6th, is going to not save Biden, but help him immeasurably. And Mr. Biden will hurt his own chances of securing a presidential nomination for 2024. I went over this in great detail. I'm not going to do it again. All right. But the most important thing to understand is when Donald Trump says the election was a fraud, he has a perfect right to say that under the Constitution. But he's speaking to the choir, the people who already will support him. The rest of America is dubious, word of the day, about that claim because no concrete evidence has been introduced in court, which is what it would take. Now, if Mr. Trump concentrates on the Facebook guy, Mark Zuckerberg, then he's got something. If that's what he does on Thursday, that could be a big win. The lead editorial in a Wall Street Journal today is called Zuckerbucks. And Zuckerberg did tilt this election in 2020 by donating more than $400 million dollars to hire people to get out Biden votes. That's what it boils down to, okay? And not get them out, go to the polls, get them out on the mail-ins, and anything could have happened. If Donald Trump goes there where the media doesn't want to go and hammers that, he could come out on top. If he goes back to Giuliani and the others, that is going to hurt him. And if he justifies the riot, that'll be a catastrophe. That's where we are. We will be live on Thursday on the first TV on all of our outlets um, because of this press conference. It's five Florida time, and I want to digest it, pick out the sound bites. Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris will also be speaking. We will use that. Thursday's a big, big news show. And again, you're not going to get the truth on the corporate media. You'll get it here. Okay, so that's a setup there. Um, I, I, you know, (laughs) I see the trap so clearly, I can't tell you. Uh, All right, so let us get to our guest now. So let me uh, reiterate one thing. The, the House panel on January 6, 2021, is in business only to condemn Donald Trump, okay, and get him off the board as a presidential contender next time around. That's it. That's why it's there. Everyone knows that. One of the people called to testify before that panel is a former Pentagon chief of staff under President Trump, Cash Patel. And according to Mr. Patel, this was not a good experience for him 
He joins us now from, where are you? Where are you? Okay, from Washington. Um, It's right here. I should have seen it, and I didn't see it. Okay, so let's very slowly walk through this. Were you subpoenaed to testify in front of the uh, House panel? So not only was I subpoenaed, and and thanks for having me on your show. Um, I'm great to be, I'm so happy to be here. Not only was I subpoenaed, I found out about the subpoena through the fake news media who called me in the late evening hours, the committee issued the subpoena. The committee didn't even have the decency to communicate with me by letter or phone call beforehand. They just issued the subpoena, leaked it to the press, and had the United States Marshal show up to my door the next morning. Okay. I hope they gave you directions to get there. But anyway, so you, as a loyal American and former Pentagon chief of staff, um, you answer and you go and you testify. And there wasn't any problem. You, you didn't fight it. You just showed up, correct? Yeah, look, as the, as the guy who ran the Russiagate investigation for the House Intel Committee and their chairman Nunes, I think committees have an important constitutional congressional oversight role. I just think this one's is starkly different, as you outlined, and very politically motivated. But I was always going to- But you didn't fight it. You didn't do a Steve Bannon. You came in, and I guess you expected to be asked questions about the Pentagon's response and preparation for January 6th. Is that, I, I would think that's why you were there, correct? Uh, you would think the January 6th committee would ask me questions about the January 6th matter, but the bulk of the interview did not have anything to do with January 6th. And, you know, my lawyers at some point in time uh, will allow me to say more publicly, but they cost me a fortune to prepare to testify about January 6th. But we spent more time talking about Afghanistan, Somalia, Iraq, and Secretary Esper and Gina Haspel than we did on January 6th. All right. So they wanted, the panel members wanted, dirt, I would assume, on the Trump administration's participation in various foreign affairs. Is that correct? Is that a fair summary? I think that's what they were going for. Um, I'm not sure what uh, punchlines they're going to get from me at the Department of Defense. No, 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 but, no, but you, you heard the questions. I mean, they obviously weren't looking for you to tell them good things about the Trump's interaction with Afghanistan, correct? They didn't want positive things, did they? No, because they didn't want to hear about our successful withdrawal plan, conditions-based withdrawal that was working. Right. So they it was, it was basically yeah. a fishing expedition to try to get you to say something negative about the Trump administration that they could leak to the press. Um, that's what they wanted. Now, it's absurd because, as you know, uh, in the Trump-O'Reilly history tour, Donald Trump said, hey, on the 5th, of January, I called the defense secretary and asked that he suggest that 10,000 guard troops be moved to Washington. And that's true. We confirm that. You know that's true, right? Yeah, I was in the Oval Office when we had that conversation with the President of the United States and the Secretary of Defense. And not only was it 10,000, it was 10 to 20,000, whatever was necessary anywhere in the world. And as you and your viewers know, that's required under the law before any National Guard can be deployed. Okay, but the Guard wasn't deployed. Do you know why? Yeah, the second part of the law. The second part of the law demands, requires that a mayor or governor or United States federal agency has to request the National Guard before its deployment. It requires presidential authorization and a request 
from Mayor Bowser in this case or the United States Capitol Police in this case. And we went to them before January 6th after getting President Trump's authorization. And we said, do you guys need National Guard men and women around the Capitol? Mayor Bowser and the Capitol Police said no in writing to the Department of Defense before January 6th. So they put it in writing, we don't want the National Guard to protect the Capitol on January 6th. Is that correct? They, they uh, wanted about 300 troops. We told them we had an upwards of 10 to 15,000 available. They said no, that was not needed. But 300 troops didn't show up. 300 troops were there the morning of January 6th because that request came in in the end of December from Mayor Bowser. And that 300 well, where were they? We didn't see them at the Capitol. No. So what happens with National Guard is usually is they are traffic duty police officers and law enforcement assistants to aid in the direction of traffic for automobiles and people and put up structures such as fencing. So they, they were, were not traffic people. They were, they were. OK. Now, Nancy Pelosi's name has been bantered around by President Trump himself as an impediment to getting National Guard troops to protect the Capitol. Is that true? Well, the United States Capitol Police reports to Nancy Pelosi in the chain of command. So she would have to have been informed and decided with the United States Capitol Police to refuse President Trump's authorization for National Guardsmen and women. So it's it's logically the only way um, it could have happened. Did you tell all that to the House committee on the uh, on uh, January 6th? So being a little careful here with what they'll because they're looking to set me up in a perjury trap or whatever and, and refer me over to DOJ. I'll just tell you that I've said the same thing consistently. It's in the DOD outline. Nancy Pelosi's behavior is in the outline. And I would not say anything different to you here today. OK, so you did tell them you told the panel when you testified on um, what was it? December 9th. You told them, hey, um, the president and the Pentagon were ready to send 10 to 20,000 troops, but the Capitol Police said no. You told them that. Not only did I tell them that, I submitted the DOD timeline that was written and approved by the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of the Army, who the National Guard reports to, and a dozen other people. And I also introduced the DOD Inspector General report under Biden which said that the Department of Defense acted appropriately and swiftly in relation to the events of, Nash of January 6th and the deployment of the National Guard. So when I went in with those two things being prepared to discuss, those two important facts about January 6th, um, that was seemed to be a speed bump in the conversation that was not a focal point for the January 6th committee. All right, I don't know what speed bump means, but my next question is, did Liz Cheney and the others follow up going, that's incredible? Um, we didn't know that or because remember, members of this panel have made charges that Donald Trump instigated this riot at the Capitol. Now, this obliterates that. And so does the president's uh, statements to me that obliterates. So we haven't heard much of that now. It's now he encouraged it rather than instigated it. But did they follow up to you, Mr. Patel? about the process of the National Guard and why it didn't show up. So in my in my deposition, my interview, some of the members beamed in via Zoom or Skype or whatever it was, but not a single member of the committee asked me a question. It was staff led um, in the room there. They could have asked me questions, but Ms. Cheney and, and the rest did not ask me any questions. Unbelievable. And I knew that to be true. I know that to be true, because as you pointed out, this thing is only in motion 
to hurt Donald Trump. That's the, it's not in motion to find the truth to the American people or anything like that. Now, you have asked that the transcript of your Q&A with the panel be publicly released so that the American people can see it. Is that correct? And what has been a response to that request? Absolutely, 100% right. The whole point of constitutional oversight is for American citizens. So they should see the testimony, the question and answer. And the response has sort of been, um, we're not really ready to do that and we'll get back to you. Do you think the panel would be embarrassed if that transcript comes out? I think the truths will embarrass some of the positions that people have taken in the media and on that panel. And all I did was go in there and tell the truth, which is backed up by written evidence in the timeline in the DOD IG report. Okay. Now, you were an advisor to President Trump. You know him well, as you just said at the beginning of this interview. You were in the Oval Office when he made the request, um, and it wasn't an order, it was a request for the National Guard on January 5th. If you were advising him now, would you tell him to do that press conference on Thursday? <laughs> I'm not a media guy. I'm not a comms guy. I've been a national security guy. I'd tell him if he was going to do a press conference on January 6th, focus on the achievements in the national security sector that we had under President Trump. And as you highlighted in the beginning of the show, you're, the, you're definitely the media expert there, that uh, the media is setting him up for some traps that he could fall into, but hopefully he, uh, he doesn't take the bait. It's very, very risky. You know, the one vulnerability that he has that I reported yesterday is that he didn't act swiftly enough on the day, January 6th, one year ago Thursday, to say to the people invading the Capitol, stop, cease. He could have tweeted that out. Remember, this was when he had access to Twitter. Um, and he waited a few hours before making a statement that y'all should leave the Capitol grounds. Now that I think is a legitimate point of discussion. Am I wrong? I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's a legitimate point of discussion, but it's not one that I don't think this committee is interested in. Um, and even if the president were to go out on January 6th and say um, he engaged uh, thoughtfully and, and also preemptively like he did with the Department of Defense, I don't think most of the media would care. Um, but that's all they have now against Donald Trump on January 6th. They say he encouraged it, um, the Capitol riot. But if he comes out and says, you know, maybe I wasn't quick enough, but I was studying the situation, whatever he wants to frame it, however he wants to frame it. Because I asked him twice um, about that. If you had to do it again, would you have acted quicker? He didn't really answer. You, were you there on January 6th in the White House? No, I was in the Pentagon. Okay, so you don't know what happened there and why there was a three-hour delay between the first part of the Capitol incursion and we issued a statement. Okay, well, look, uh, Mr. Patel, we really appreciate your honesty and your straightforward um, answers to my questions. That's very good for me. I don't get that a lot. I get a lot of dancing usually, but you answer the questions. And then we'll bring you back. I hope you will watch the press conference. And if you see anything on Thursday that you can amplify on, please let us know and we'll bring you back, okay? I'd love to be back anytime, and um, I appreciate you taking the chance to talk to me. And um, uh, if your viewers could go to fightwithcash.com with a K and check out my new, my new uh, trust and foundation, I'd appreciate it. We're uh, helping sure. raise Give money. Give us the address again. It's uh, fightwithcash.com, cash with a K. Fightwithcash.com. 
Okay, cash with a K. Thank you very much, Mr. Patel. Nice to talk to you. All right. Next time. CBS poll um, asked Democrats what they think of Republicans and vice versa. Um, You know, do I care about this? Not really. But uh, the question is, um, when you think about Democrats, and this is asked to Republican respondents, do you tend to think of them as political opposition or enemies? Okay. So the Democrats say political opposition, 52%, enemies, 48%. That's pretty close. Same question to uh, Democrats about Republicans. Political opposition, 57%, enemies, 43%. So here, Republicans are more vehemently against Democrats than vice versa. But again, ah, I do think that, that there is a lot of hatred here in this country um, about people that see it differently. I mean, I can tell you that if you voted for Donald Trump, in many cases, the Democrats despise you and want to hurt you, even if you change your mind or whatever. But if you voted for him and if you support Joe Biden, if you think Biden's a good president, those on the right, I don't think they're going to be buying your lunch. But anyway, let's go to COVID in Canada. 38 million people live in uh, Canada. It's an enormous country. Look at the map. But it's so cold um, that most of the people live close to the uh, American border. 38 million of them, 2 million plus, have uh, contracted COVID. So that's a big number. So now Canada is shutting down again on the eastern part of the country. Remember, in the eastern part of Canada, it's liberal. In the western part of Canada, with the exception of Vancouver, it's conservative, generally speaking. So the eastern part, Ontario, where the capital is, Ottawa, uh, they're closing everything. They're shutting down schools, gyms, movie theaters, uh, hospitals have been told to pause all non-urgent surgeries. It's a lockdown because of this Omicron. All right, indoor social gatherings capped at five. You have any more than five, the government will fine you. This is Canada, our neighbor to the north. So that's pretty drastic, I think. Um, Back here, the teachers unions are now squawking. They don't want to go back to school. They want to do virtual. So 11 New York City school teachers are sued. They'll lose. New York City public schools are open. Kids got to wear the masks. There's no vax mandate. Um, And the teachers union here, um, they're suing because they're afraid. In Chicago, same thing. Teachers union there, um, they don't, there's 25,000 teachers in the union there, and they, uh, many of them don't want to go back. So the courts will decide this. Politicians can't shut down the schools anymore. I mean, that's just death. If you're a politician and you do that, you just can't do it. It's been shown harmful to the children. This Omicron is pervasive, very contagious, but it's the flu. Primarily, it's the flu. That's what it is. It's not like Delta. It's not like the original COVID. Okay, I'm not diminishing it. I want you to be very, very careful, but we've got to operate in this country. Now, 
I told you yesterday that some of our BillOReilly.com concierge members in December, early, asked me about Christmas travel. And I told them, don't take the plane. You got to drive it. Because I knew that there would be chaos over the Christmas travel season. So, up until today, there have been 10,100 flight cancellations in this country. 10,100. You're talking people who just can't get out now, can't get home, or couldn't get there in the first place. Why? Because airline personnel have COVID. Just like the athletes on the, uh, in the National Football League and National Hockey League. Half the roster's on the COVID list. Half the roster in the airlines on the COVID list. So, to, and this isn't going to get better anytime soon. Maybe by mid-February, that's my prediction. So you can't fly. Now, a friend of mine got to Hawaii. He was lucky. He was lucky. But if it's really vitally important and you got to make a schedule, can't do it. So now... I'm going to give everyone, not just concierge members, another tip. Because of this Omicron, okay, meat products are going to soar in price in the next few months because the processing plants have so few workers that the product is not coming out. So if you have a big freezer, Now is the time to buy your meat and freeze it because you're going to be paying a lot more for it. Now it's going to drive inflation right through the roof and other food products will follow. But meat you can freeze. So meat prices are high now. They're going to be a lot higher because of this COVID. It's wiping out the workforce. About 5 million people quit their jobs in the last month because they're afraid they don't want to go. All right, and now this is going to hurt the whole economy. So this is a ripple effect, this COVID. We all got to pray that there's some kind of revolution. It's not going to, the president and the the CDC are not going to solve it. It's got to be natural, herd immunity. It's coming, but we don't know how fast. All right, so the media is never going to tell you any of that, which is, again, why you're here. So there's a TIPP Media Trust Index poll. Do you trust the media? Now, I can say probably 100% of you watching me right now go, no, because you wouldn't be watching me. I'm an alternative news service. All right? You'd be watching the big ones, which are going to lie to you, and they don't know anything anyway. And they don't care to know. They do what they're told by their overseers. So the trust index in December 2021 is 43%. 43% of Americans trust the media. Now, if you meet one of these people, you might want to play poker with them, if you know what I mean. So it breaks down politically this way. Only 23% of Republicans trust the media because this is a liberal media. All right? Only 35% of independents trust the media. But... 63% of Democrats trust it because it's left. It takes the left point of view, pushes progressive values. So that's that. 
Harris County, Texas, biggest county in the state, that's Houston. This is an amazing thing. It comes from Crime Stoppers of Houston. It says that 150 people have been murdered in Harris County since 2018 by criminal suspects released on no bail or low bail. I don't know if it's true, but I think it is. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. So I have a message of the day on BillOReilly.com. Anybody can read it. You don't have to be a premium member or anything like that. And it says, we are the solution to the crime problem. So I hope you read it. Because that's the only solution. Us. Chicago. Man. 800 homicides in 2021. That's the most since 1996 when the crack wars were in play. That's shootings last year. 3,561. That's 10 a day. 10 a day. Criminal shootings. It's, I mean, you know, we all make fun of Chicago, the Chicago Way, Al Capone, this. And again, if you people in Cook County and Illinois, you don't vote these people out, Lightfoot, Pritzker and all the rest, this is never going to stop. And you might have a bullet right between the eyes. You're driving down the Dan Ryan Expressway, but he pulls up to you, boom, you got to get rid of him. You have to. That's the only solution. All right. Now, we don't do a lot of sports here, even though I am a sports fan. I played four sports as a kid, um, and I know the games. So on Sunday, in the Tampa Bay New York Jet game up here in New York, a man named Antonio Brown quit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by taking off his uniform on the sideline and running into the locker room bare-chested. There's Antonio. Now, he is a good player, or was, okay? But he has a troubled past, to say the least. So he takes off his shirt, and he runs into the locker room. He is immediately fired by the Tampa team, all right? He actually had to take a cab... Uh, from the stadium to wherever he went. 
All right. And he's toast. So this became a very big sports story. And there are two points of view on it. The first one from Terry Bradshaw. Go. If it's nothing, if there's no altercation and it's just him tripping off because he's not going to reach certain goals on the receiving to get his bonus money of a million bucks, then it, they need to put him in a straitjacket and take him straight to some hospital and get him, get him analyzed. Okay, so um, straitjacket got a lot of attention. But I'll tell you, most sports fans agree with Bradshaw. I mean, they see this guy, and again, he's had a very troubled past. Arrests, he falsified his COVID documents, suspensions all over the place. Tampa gave him a chance, and he embarrasses the Tampa team. So one of the guys who brought him back and made it possible for him to play on Tampa is the legendary Tom Brady, his quarterback. And here's what he said. Again, I think the most important thing about football are the relationships with their, your friends and your teammates, and they go beyond the field. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone should, should be very compassionate and empathetic toward, you know, um, some very difficult things that are happening. So I agree with Brady. Um, Brown needs psychiatric help. He has emotional problems. There's no question in my mind that's true. And he's not the only one. This big-time sports, particularly football and basketball, you got a lot of crazy people in there. And, you know, a lot of them are ill. But we can't have them doing running wild. But we should be compassionate to the illness. This day in history, 27 years ago, the Republicans won the Senate and the House. Okay. 53 Republicans, 47 Democrats in the Senate, 230 Republicans, 204 Democrats in the House. That was Newt Gingrich's contract for America. All right. It basically said there are going to be tax cuts. There are going to be a line item veto. That never happened. Crime reduction and tax relief for the middle class. Republicans romped. I am predicting this year there will be a contract to America part two, kind of like Iron Man, part two, three, four. This will be two. The Republican smart, party is smart, which, <laughs> uh, you know, they'll have, we're going to do another contract for America. That's what their theme will be. And they'll list four or five things that they're going to do. And they'll do the same thing that they did 27 years ago. They'll sweep it. Back with a lively mail segment and a final thought of the day about one of my weaknesses. You're going to want to hear that in a moment. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call 
and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's go to the mail. Jerry Grohn, Libertyville, Illinois. Bill, please call Donald Trump. Give him your advice prior to his Thursday press conference. I never do that. I wouldn't intrude on uh, Mr. Trump or any other politician by calling them and giving my advice. I wouldn't do it. They call me and that happens. Then I'll, I'll answer their questions. But we're here. What we say is public. I understand Donald Trump gets a transcript. I don't know whether he reads it or not, but I've been quite clear on the press conference, as everybody knows. Mary Jane, concierge member. Thank you, Mary Jane. So it looks like they're going after Ivanka Trump and Donald Jr. Unbelievable. Why aren't they going after Hunter Biden and his dirty laptop? Because it's a state beef. All right. The Ivanka Donald Jr. um, investigation is New York, not federal. Now, Delaware could go after Hunter, but it won't because it's politics. Max Tessier, Galesburg, Illinois. Bill, you said tonight you believe that COVID will take a large nosedive. Do you believe the news media will report it? Has to. Stats are stats. Yes, you are right. The news media is blowing the hysteria like I've never seen before. But once it comes down, that's going to have to be reported. Billy Stout, Oklahoma City. I'm reading RFK's book about Anthony Fauci. Very in-depth and compelling. Have you read it? No. I do not read point-of-view books. RFK Jr., who I know and I like, um, is an anti-vaxxer. So I know his whole book is going to be anti-vax stuff. Now, I don't have the time to verify what he says. I just can't do it. And if I wanted to read it for entertainment, okay. But if I want to believe what he's saying, I'd have to verify it. I don't have the staff or the time to do that. So point of view books, you know, I got to read. I have so much reading to do, factual reading, so I could bring you facts. Uh, Victoria, I agree with you, O'Reilly, about the Florida Sun Sentinel. I canceled my subscription four years ago. I then tried the Palm Beach Post, which wasn't any better. I canceled that almost immediately. I know in Florida, the media is very, very tough. Gladys, I live in Fort Lauderdale, and I canceled my subscription to the Sun Sentinel several years ago. They still email me every day. Don't answer, Gladys. So what they're talking about is my column uh, saying that the media is so dishonest, it's now into a realm nobody's ever seen before, and I use the Florida Sun Sentinel as an example. It's posted on BillOReilly.com. Anybody can read it. 
Steve Pollack, Washington Crossing, Pennsylvania. Happy New Year. My New Year's resolution, all new mistakes for 2021, 2022. I do this every year. We're all going to make mistakes. The good resolution is try to cut them down. And my final thought is going to be on that in a moment, cutting down your mistakes. Lillian Lopez, Miami Lake, Florida. I used to live in Miami Lakes, Lillian. I used to live there. I enjoyed it. Bill, thanks for the Christmas gift tips. My husband loved the Stand Up For Your Country mug. My friends love the God Bless America ornaments. Happy to be a lifetime premium member. Thank you, Lillian, for your loyalty. So the mugs we're sold out of, but we're getting them. Getting a new shipment, so get your orders in now for the best mugs on the planet. Um, We have a lot of kids' books. You know, I get a lot of, what should we tell our children? A lot of kids' history books. Okay, they're fun. They're fun for them to read. We big discounts now on those kids' history books. Go to BillOReilly.com. And uh, word of the day, do not be onerous. O-N-E-R-O-U-S. Do not be onerous when writing to us. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Back with a final thought in a moment. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here is the final thought of the day. One of my weaknesses, and it is that, is that I am impatient, okay? Impatient, right? I do not have patience. This is bad. Anybody who knows me, it's like, okay, let's go, let's go. All right? You make mistakes when you jump quickly. It's much better to jump and then pull yourself back because it's a natural human emotion to want things corrected fast, to want to do things quickly, especially if you like those things. So last night I was debating, uh, watching the Monday night game, football game, whether to eat a snack. Now, I wasn't very hungry, but I wanted the snack. And usually I would grab the snack. All right, and eat it. And it was a healthy snack. It wasn't laden with sugar, cashews, and a little chocolate on it, but the chocolate wasn't deadly, that kind of thing. But I didn't do it because I pulled back and I said, I'm not hungry. Do I need this snack? It's 20 degrees out. I can't do my walk because I'm a sissy. Uh, the wind chill was like 10. So I didn't do it. And that was my patience that paid off. And I didn't need the snack. Okay? So I didn't get the snack. Now, that's a little thing. On big things, take your time. Do not be impatient. Because that's when mistakes are made. Read the fine print. Analyze the aspects on important things. Seek counsel. Other people's opinions particularly people you trust and who are smart. That's why you want to be a concierge member. Throw it at me and I'll give you my honest opinion. Okay? So, I'm not patient. 
but I'm working on it. We'll see you tomorrow.